again, and welcome to the wide world of Wargaming, Age of Sigmar podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Alex, John, Jeremy, and Garrett. Today, we are going to be talking about Lumineth, those uh, bright elves from the realm of light. Yeah, and they have a lot going on. You know, the Battle Tome is going to be coming out, I believe, two Saturdays from today. You know, pre-orders are going to be coming up this weekend. Is that right? Is that right, everyone? That's right. Sounds okay, cool. Right. I mean, unless they do a two-week pre-order out of nowhere for whatever. That'd be yeah, real I thought pre-orders weird. were, yeah, who knows. Yeah. Whenever, but, when they're there, I want them. Exactly. So we're going to talk a lot about Lumineth, some of the things that we've already reviewed and talked about before with previews, but also some of the previews that happened this week when we found out a little bit more about how they played, because there were some pretty big revelations in there. And of course, with everything else that we've learned, we're starting to build a really good picture as to what the actual battle tome is going to look like and potentially how it's going to make massive shifts or minor shifts in the meta. I think it's going to be pretty big. But before we get to all of that, as always, John, what's on your workbench? Hey, how you doing, Alex? Garrett, Jeremy, good to see you guys this week. Uh, three of my favorite people to hang out with on a fine after work evening. I tell you what, I see, even though we only hang out online, I think I see more of you guys than almost anybody nowadays. Uh, just just because of the shelter-in-place stuff. So it is what it is. There's, there's the three of you, there's my wife, and there's my son who I work with, and that's my your world dog. nowadays. Don't forget about your dog or well, your the, wife's dog. The dog is part of me. That's not even a separate <laughs> being. You know, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that just like brutally drags his dog across the floor oh. and and roughs him up and does you know I I cherish my pets uh, in a in a deeper way like that. So so then that um haven't been doing a lot. You know, as you see in the background here, I've continued working on the dungeon that I uh, talked about last week. Been slowly assembling that. Uh, was, of course, enjoying a fine beverage. Now, I, too, am running low on some of my supplies. And this is, of course, the, the St. George's single malt. I think there's, that's about a shot left. We'll see if there's any St. George's single malt left by the end of the, end of the show. And, of course, uh, I once again had some ice challenges. My, ch- my ice thing, just like it's not making spheres properly. I don't know if anyone has experience with that. I don't know if like the uh, ice sphere maker wears out and then stops producing that. So I, I need to look into maybe getting like a cool uh, Death Star skull ice cube. Other than that, uh, not a lot of hobby. A uh, lot of people starting to look at different things. So um, starting to get people hitting me up to play some games. I imagine within the next two weeks or so, I will end up going over to a friend's house and playing uh, some kind of Warhammer. Hint, hint, hint. Uh, we'll see what that is uh, as far as that goes. And then I've been hanging out in my garden, and some of you may have seen uh, I posted a little video on Facebook where I, uh, I ate the first hot pepper off my plants for the season. And uh, it was a little hotter than expected, uh, but quite enjoyable. And um, actually, every single day since then, I've been eating at least one hot pepper off the plants out there. Um, and I'm finding that the plant is pretty variable right now. It, uh, I'll eat one pepper and it'll be no heat. And the next one I eat will burn my face off. So I, oh, this one's gonna be hot though. You can, you can smell when there's a lot of capacin in there. So right before the show, uh, before coming in, I munched a little pepper in the garden and then I decided to grab this one. And, and really these are supposed to be red peppers. So they're white right now. They're not as hot as they could be, but. Mm. I'm just so ready to start eating hot pepper. Yeah, see, nothing. 
it's just really weird when the peppers aren't mature on the plant like that. Like you'll eat one and it's like, bah, burn your face off and you eat the next one and there's nothing to it. So there's that. Um, now you guys are going to find some irony in this. My garden was actually attacked by rats <laughs> and all the peppers, all the sweet peppers that were almost ripe all got eaten by rats. Uh, I hate rats. Man, do I hate rats. And somebody really? said, say, well, you John, hate rats? I hate, oh, I hate rats with a passion. They're like, John, you play Skaven. I go, yeah. So every time I play Warhammer, I get to see hundreds of rats die horribly on the battlefield. It's very, very satisfying for me. <laughs> Sometimes I win and that's satisfying. But when I lose, I get to see a bunch of dirty rats get smeared. So either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's true. Since the biggest rat of them all is a vermin. <laughs> that's unkillable. <laughs> He's died once. <laughs> <laughs> And so that, that is about it. Really a whole lot of nothing. Just been gardening and uh, playing around with my dungeon. Looking forward to some new game systems that are coming out. And of course, I'm not going to talk about it because it's what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. But let's just say that uh, I've been, been visualizing myself with some cow horns on there. So I know what's in my near future. Uh, so Garrett. My friend, I see that you um, you went ahead and ravaged your dog prior to the show, and now he's uh, been what beaten unconscious over there, uh, something like that. You know, like, <laughs> what's up with someone? You someone is going to call like animal services listening Seriously. to our podcast. <laughs> I know a couple of people who are like good animal rights activists, and they're going to listen to this and be like, "What the fuck is Garrett doing to that dog?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, for our listeners at home, uh, Garrett's beautiful and well-loved dog is absolutely in dog mode behind him you'll see it if you watch the video much as he was last week which is curled up snoozed out barely even see the thing breathing he's so lazy probably Which, spent an entire day playing and having fun with mr garrett uh he, he play he actually sleeps on me most of the time uh just like like i'll sit i'll sit on my desk here and he just like jumps up on my lap and uh, but he plays with Stormy a lot. He uh, he loves to piss Stormy off enough that Stormy will actively try to attack him, and then he's like, "Cool, now I run." And Stormy's like, "All right." <laughs> so my my golden retriever, he's now five years old, and so he's starting to get like, I don't I don't know, if, like this six month old puppy is not. No, I'm I'm over this. I'm super over this. He's he's so Stormy. Like I got a dog to tire. Stormy out, and now Stormy is tired all the time, constantly. <laughs> what? He's never not tired. I, I, I can't even picture Stormy I'm not just right. being crazed with energy. He just sleeps all day. Like it's one of those things where it's like he'll be in his crate. Like he he go he goes into my our room in our bedroom. He goes in his crate and he'll be in there till like noon or one p.m. He's like I'm I'm sleeping, and then he'll get up and be like okay, and then he'll like. Stellar will attack him. He's like, never mind. I'm going back. <laughs> going back to sleep. Um, but I've uh, I've done a couple of things. I uh, I got my display board all uh, evened out a bit, and I finally got it to build together. Ooh, nice. So yeah, th this is it actually completed. So the wow, you're holding it at quite an angle. It's not even falling apart. Yeah, they're magnetized in there. Nice. And it's, it's the frontline gaming tray. Uh, yeah, so this nice little. All right. All right frontline tray and the trees are all magnetized in here so they're easily just yeah is it appropriately sized in the new edition 
Uh, we'll see. Um, so I got that all built together. Uh, last episode, I did the plaster work, and I just had to cut a little bit. I uh, over plastered some, and so I had to get the things fitting. And then uh, me and huh? <laughs> not legal size anymore. Can't play ball. I know, right? Um, wrong game. Uh, but then I started working, uh, so my wife and I were working, and I started sculpting some, uh, like, trees and what? rocks and branches. Um, I know. Uh, Wait, out of I'm the gonna... blue, you're sculpting green stuff? What the okay, heck? Well, Is this, my... who, who took Garrett away from us? Uh, my, my wife Yeah, where's the code sculpting. monkey we know and love? Yeah, Mr. I, my, Mr. My, my... I don't clean up my sprues. Mr. I'm not a creative type. That's my wife, those are nice, Garrett. Those look really uh, nice. That's a direct impressed. quote. I'm not making fun of him, by the way. No, we're not. We're absolutely not. These are things that Garrett has said to us. Bye, yeah, Garrett. Multiple times. <laughs> Anyways, those look great. It was man. nice knowing you. Yeah. My, my, my wife, she's done sculpting in the past uh, for her Malifaux stuff. And oh, nice. so um, I had her do the sculpting for me. Uh, she just has the great. She, she's actually creative. Oh, uh, oh, like, oh, your wife did this. Oh, oh. Yes. I, I helped give her direction of look what at us trying to give the... fucking false credit here I you, said, yeah, so too. She you were loyal you were loyal you could have been like yeah totally i sculpted all those it took no. me hours it's not my thing but like i worked hard and this is what it is and we all would have been like you're you're amazing Garrett. no you only no. get to say uh, that because you're not the head from off screen he <laughs> <laughs> gave her credit he gave her Alex, credit. Uh, but, Enjoy that, because you're going to get married in like a year, maybe two. It's going to be a year. So, it's going to be a year now. I had to get pushed out. I can't wait to play this recording in like two years. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's she okay. wouldn't wait that long. She wouldn't the, wait that long. The single like, guy no, here still, still believes in uh, television marriage. <laughs> you do. The single guy still believes in television marriage. <laughs> I, I never said that. 30-second oh, fiancé or whatever it's called. Dude, 90-day fiancé? Man, that's a whole... I could have a whole podcast about that. It is garbage <laughs> television. It's 100% garbage television. But in a pandemic, like, I, I don't know how it happened. It, I started watching it, and I was like, this is the cringiest shit ever, but, like, you, you just keep on watching it. Oh, we I all have you. our faults, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, so, remember, there was, a, there was a point, oh, so long in the past of a month ago where Tiger King was king, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got, so I'm gonna uh, glue that onto the um, plaster to kind of give it some level, and then I'll start flocking it and then start painting it. Uh, I am I'm gonna try to paint it and more prepared. So See, look, like, he's taking yeah. full advantage of his wireless headphones. I know. Look at this yeah. guy. Oh, I'm right. jealous. So my buddy Matt Barker painted these for my trees. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is how I'm going to try to decorate my um, this display board. So it's going to be a realm of Shaiish uh, tree-based display board for my Sylvaneth army. And so that's the goal. So I kind of, you know, I, I was going for like some of the stones and branches and stuff to fill it out. And then I just got to like flock it and get that nice purple undertones. And I, um, Matt's actually going to come over next Sunday to play a game of Warhammer and he's going to show me how to do this. So I might actually be able to replicate it myself and not have to rely on someone else to do work. Um, and yeah, so that's the plan. Uh, I, we nice. started so you're having Matt over. Is this going to be your first uh, in-person game of Warhammer in a while or? Second. So uh, on Saturday, I went up to our buddy James O'Brien's house and I was able to get a game, uh, two games of Warhammer in. Uh, soundly trounced me both games. 
Well, yeah, it's James, uh, right? Yeah. So that's why he uh, invited. Number three, ITC. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I mean, we kind of both had the position of like, we're not going to play in an event until the general's handbook comes out probably. So it's really hard for me to like care about uh, what I'm playing. I'm just happy to be playing. So I'm not like trying to build optimized lists. I'm honestly just playing around, like let's just play some more hammer and see how things end up. And so, uh, you know, but he, he played with what he had on hand, which was his Tempest Eye list. And so he decimated me in two turns. Um, so you were just playing around and he was playing Tempest Eye. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Sounds about right. Sounds right. You got uh, trounced. So uh, that that was fun. And then over the weekend, I ran another tabletop simulator tournament, which was uh, fun. So this was my third one. Wait, 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 wait. Was there a packet? No, there was no packet. <laughs> we, we created a packet we, together yeah. on the last podcast. I, I didn't fact, write I still... anything down. Yes, you know I what? did. You know what? I did. John, I'm so glad you brought that up. I had this on my notes, and I was going to bring it up if, if no one else had. Um, I double checked this weekend. I took a little peek, right? You know, I, when you have your Discord server and I'm on it, despite me not being playing in the event. And I saw a lot of people talking about their rounds and talking like, oh, I got, you know, my ass kicked by so-and-so. And so, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, we talked about this last week. John said, you know, had, had developed a good baseline for your, uh, for your uh, packet. And let's just take a peek. Let's look on Best Coast Parents. And you know, you so, definitely um, had yeah, you had up to date pairings, but there was nothing in the description. Wait, no, guys, there he was. Just, he just three, pulled the mission. Oh, did I forget? I may have put nothing in the description because I pinned the missions to the Discord server. Everybody was, so uh, I didn't need a description in the event. Uh, yeah, no. So there was no packet. We, we we had a handwritten packet, so it's fair that you know he would have a text delivered missions you know that's 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 to keep people from pre-planning too much and and gaming the system well yeah. well done garrett well done also I, I, highlighting I, a bunch of text and then right clicking it and then copying and then doing that again and pasting is just very tough it's very hard it's, no, okay alex, alex stop right there garrett is a apple guy he doesn't know anything about right clicking yeah, there's okay. no. Okay, you can, you can, you can. No, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same, even on a Mac. There's no right one button. button. Okay, you Double can press, tap. you can press your Apple button and then C. Your Apple, your Apple button. button. And then your Apple button. Call the command. I get my Apple Every button pushed frequently. Button. <laughs> Ooh, I know you do. Uh, yeah, Apple so. Uh, Greg, Greg won, or our, our good friend Greg, he, he won with Sylvaneth, uh, an interesting list. I actually really like his list. Um, might try a, actually, like I was looking at it, I'd like probably have to bring the exact list if I were to play it. Don't really know anything I would change, honestly. Wow, Sylvaneth okay. is one of those ones where you don't really have a lot of freedom to change things because it's like you're bringing eight, you're bringing 12 Kurnoth Hunters. Yep, it was all the Kurnoth Hunters. Yeah, it's like. Sylvanath is like, you either go hard in on Kurnoth Hunters or like bring a bunch of monsters. And so you don't have a lot of room to like, oh, I'll bring, you know, spike revenants rather than tree revenants. Well, that's stupid unless you're playing outcasts. So it's just like, um, so I probably wouldn't change anything if I were to play his list. Um, Why don't like you play James list. again with his Tempest Eye versus Greg's Sylvanath? Maybe I would. I have, you have the models? schedule. I do own all the models, actually. Okay. I have actually a pretty large Sylvaneth army somehow. Very cool. Uh, 
But uh, so, um, oh, that reminds me. and then doing some gardening of my own. So the wife just bought a bunch of orchids, uh, but those are going to be our house plants. But we uh, used a bunch of extra two by fours we had lying around the house and we built a little um, planter box for our backyard. And uh, so we can just randomly just drill it all together. And then we're probably going to go get some uh, dirt and stuff this weekend and try to just start creating a little garden in the back. Why we wanting to do that for a while? We've been putting off the backyard for whatever, but now that we have our fence rebuilt, uh, we kind of feel like Wait, there's a fence back there. Yeah, I have a full fence in my backyard. Oh, okay. I, I, I have a new house. So you haven't been to my new house yet. Oh, you haven't be, this isn't the same house that I visited. No, this, so I, I bought a house last April. Oh, okay. So I live in a new house. So you have not been here. You were going to visit my house at Nova, but then you got really tired and decided to stay. Mm, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Now I remember. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't, you have, you have yet to see my new house, but that one has a fence. And so now that we've replaced the, one of our fence sides, which was our big project. And the other thing is we got to start putting grass in there, but we're kind of getting excited to do some more yard work, especially with like the sun coming out and maybe do some yard work in the front. And so um, that is what I have been working on. Nice, nice. So you know, uh, you said you're going to do some orchids. Do you know the uh, the secret of orchids? I do not. And my wife is doing orchids. She just bought, uh, she bought eight and ended up with eleven more that arrived today. Oh, nice. So now I have, I think about fifteen orchids in my house. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I've been doing orchids for eight, nine years or so now, and um, really, they're real easy. Um, but the only trick with orchids is um, to use distilled water. Now, I know I have an RODI system, so I produce water that's about 5 TDS, so it's a little bit heavier than actual distilled water. But, you know, orchids are, of course, uh, they're not parasitic, but I forget what you call that when they, the way they, uh, epiphytic. So they're an epiphyte that lives up in, typically in other trees, and then the only thing they receive is actually rainwater. So if your water has minerals in it, um, then the plant can't deal with the water. So mm. that's the, the, the secret of orchids, as it were. All right, I'll pass it on to my wife. I, I'm, I'm sure she knows what she's doing though, so yeah. far be it from she's me. Gotten really, she's gotten really into orchids since when after we bought the house, one of our friends gave us an orchid as a housewarming present and my wife immediately went to, I'm gonna be an orchid person. Nice. And has started going really deep in the orchids. It's too bad you weren't uh, into that when you still lived out here in the Bay Area because actually, um, uh, as you could imagine, uh, with the Bay Area, there is actually a massive, massive interest in orchids around here. So uh, Yeah, I can imagine. Wait, 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 wait. wait. People in the Bay Area, area have yards? How do you afford it? No, they, have, they have water. They can't. They, stole from somewhere <laughs> they have else. orchids. I they have, have windowsills. You, you they don't have yards. They have a windowsill that they grow an orchid in. That's why <laughs> yeah. it's popular. <laughs> oh, we can't, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I, my, I, yard I is, my yard is, my yard is, oh, actually, we just measured it. It's about 500 square feet. Wow. Nice. Is it? Yeah, it's Your about 500 square feet. yard is 500 square feet? Yes, it's about 25 by 20. Okay. That's nice. That's nice. So, not a huge Look at you, big old responsible millennial who can afford a house. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, but well, not I don't in live in California anymore, so that helps. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And, and you got to remember, Garrett's wife is super awesome. So Yeah. She is awesome. So that helps. Um, but yeah, so that's me, uh, Jeremy. On to you. I don't know. I got nothing to beat this. 
I mean, we'll see. Come on, come on, Jeremy. You got to have something. I saw you pouring some wine. Still, still swizzling the wine, my friend. Yeah, Plus, you sent us photos wine. of all that work you've been doing too. Oh, yeah, I don't really brag, but okay. <laughs> uh, I don't really brag, but I work way too much. Yeah, you're, you're looking so, a little uh, beef. Is that from lifting all that lumber? I, <laughs> you already had it queued up. Uh, I had it oh, oh, I don't want to see humility. I have a family uh, phone call every week, so it's already in my inventory. Uh, okay, sure. sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, what the hell am I looking at, Jeremy? That is uh, the work, the start, the start of my new kitchen floor. I had to. Uh, my workbench was removing uh, three or five layers of flooring because the previous owners of about 110 years uh, decided, you know, let's have a hardwood floor. Let's put it another hardwood floor on top. No way. And then it's put linoleum in the kitchen. No way. And then the previous, the last owners put a plywood and then laminate on top. What? <laughs> so there yeah. was five layers of flooring in my house, in the kitchen, four in so, the other room. So your ceiling gained got like high. three inches. <laughs> you, you like got three inches more. How is that legal? Like it's no longer an eight foot house. Like you have, I, your ceilings are only like seven and a half feet up. It's, it's, I, I don't. You got it, tall it, ceilings. It, it was, it was. Finding the linoleum was a very big surprise. We knew there was multiple layers of flooring. We just didn't think there was linoleum in there. Anyway, so we stripped out the linoleum, which is fucking painful. Took forever, fucking chisel and everything. Um, and we started, you know, we laid a concrete layer. Basically, that's what it is, a concrete pad. And then uh, started, uh, you know, lining up our tiles for our kitchen. And you can see it's kind of like an asymmetric, uh, like, tile, uh, hexagon tiles. Uh, obviously, we actually like this is a kind of an earlier photo. We actually laid about 200 tiles down. We're almost done with the kitchen, and then we have to redo the entirety of the other rooms in our first floor, the hardwood floor we bought. So we'll probably next week, you guys will eventually see like a photo update of like the other work. But um, it is a uh, I love my house, but man, like it is like every time we do anything in there, remodeling wise, it's just like surprise. There's <laughs> something you did not expect in this. Because uh, whoever, like, everybody, whoever, like, I mean, I'm a lazy person. But for fuck's sake, when it comes to your house, don't do what my previous owners did. Like, oh, if God, you're no. invest in putting your flooring in your house, don't not do the demo first. Like, it's the easiest part of the job. Oh, I got to break some stuff and remove it. Not only is it cathartic, but it's easy. Uh, I don't know why they just decide, you know what? Let's just nail more stuff on top. That's just, that's just fun. When, when anyway, you sent us the text message earlier yeah. this weekend, I was shocked. You know, like, like I've, I've helped people redo flooring before and rip out stuff. And I've seen like a layer of wood and then another one underneath it. But when you said three and another little volume, I was like, oh, you're going to have some fun it was, there. It was, uh, and obviously, like, whoever, like, did the linoleum fucked up, too, because there was, like, a patch of lacquer, like, where, you know, they, the it was, like, from the, the 50s, so they had, like, they put the linoleum, and to make it, like, really non-sticky, they put, like, this lacquer finish on top, and some guy, like, must have, like, totally fucked up and left, like, this puddle of lacquer, so when we undid, like, the floor we got to the linoleum, there was just, like, this, like, incredibly still slippery pool of lacquer on there, uh, that was just, like, Awful. Anyway, it's like you know, like for people who don't know, like lacquers. You remember Jurassic Park? It's like that, that, like that, that <laughs> like, like, it's like stuck in that, that fucking emerald that's lacquer. Um, 
man. You, you, you never Amber? know what you're going to find. I you mean I, Amber? I, I, yeah, yeah, Amber. He's talking about Amber. <laughs> it's more like a shellac. I, uh, I lived in this old house, and uh, we, we pulled the uh, wallpaper off the wall, yeah. and underneath it was a mural with all the famous actresses' <clears throat> eyes. And so in the center were Betty Davis's eyes about six feet across. And then all the other forties and thirties actresses eyes about two feet across all over the wall. Weirdest thing I've I ever it. seen. I hate it so much. I, right. It was so weird, but, but you know, we're just peeling off this old metallic sixties wallpaper and you got these like Betty Davis eyes. It's like, you're like, what, what is this? No. Yeah, you know, at no, some point, we're like, we, we're coming off carefully trying to figure out what the image was. We almost kept it, but no. Yeah. It was, the, no. The one surprise we did find that was pretty nasty was that they must have had, like, water damage at some point, Ooh. and then never did the proper job of, like, cleaning it. So it was like, we, uh, when we undid the plywood, we found, like, uh, some, like, black mold, basically. Uh-oh. Which is, uh, like, people get sick off that, so... We uh, was explained, but that was like, that's why you've been sick every winter. Like, cause I usually never get sick uh, that often. Well, every, you so know, this house, I've been sick like, every winter. Basically. With, with houses that have been around for that long in Oregon too, though, like that happens, you know, like I was, it, I mean, Jeremy helped me move out of my previous apartment. Thank you again. Um, that place but needs to be condemned by the way. It should like, be condemned. Absolutely. Because when we kept on, like, I knew that there was a risk for mold and I was like diligent as, as all get out when it came to removing black mold. But even then there was like shit I, I didn't find. And so like in the move, you know, you move a lot of stuff that you never would have touched. And he was like, you should have demanded less rent. <laughs> yeah. Cause your bedroom was like a different ecosystem. You would literally walk in the bedroom. You're like, the humidity level in this place is this room is different than humidity level literally right outside. Yeah, that's pretty had a dehumidifier, dehumidifier in that room. I was like, no, uh, there's yeah. no way that place should still be like, like letting people live in it. Yeah, you built in the Bronze Age, by the, the way. Mold in there. So I was just yeah. like, uh. <laughs> anyway, glad you moved that. So that's my workbench. Super exciting. Nobody gives a shit except for me. How about you, Alex? <laughs> well, uh, hey, I, we give a shit. And like, I normally when we're not in this whole pandemic, uh, I'm normally, you know, over at your house pretty frequently. So can't wait to see the awesome flooring. Um, yeah, me too. You know, that, that's cool. <laughs> that, that's a really, you know, I think that it's a big thing. And for those who don't know, you know, that, that's just one picture of the floor of his kitchen. The wall of his kitchen that has a window on it has black and white hexes in a very similar pattern yeah, like on the wall itself so there's definitely a theme here with the hexes like the oblong disjointedness right yeah yeah the all oblong disjointedness the project also includes like <laughs> asymmetric hexes inside the other rooms which i know that's confusing i'll show you guys when it's done you'll see what we mean um well hopefully it'll look good I mean, does, is it, how bad is it? Like, is somebody who like <clears throat> gonna go over and like have it mess with their brain as they're looking for patterns and there are none? They're like, ah. <laughs> I would have honestly. It's like it's my wife's idea. Like, I the, when she first started laying the tile, she was just like looking at my face and she was like, "Why are you like 
obviously you don't like it. I'm like, no, it's just my brain just tries to put out the tiles in like a pattern. Like, yeah, but she's a like, designer. That's not and- the point. I'm like, but you don't understand. That's what my brain wants me to do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all the types. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, I mean, that's it, 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 like if you're looking at art, things like that, like I said, it's, it's unresolved tension. So you're like, uh, you know, you, you're going to keep looking at the art because your brain is trying to resolve it. So you're just, it's going to pull you in. That's interesting. I, I can't wait to see my dog eat shit on that though because it's so slippery. Which one? <laughs> Both of them. I don't care. One of them. <laughs> you're just like, one of them better eat shit. <laughs> Yeah, oh, this one has this one hasn't learned how to run on hardwood yet. Aww. So he he has eight shit a ton running upstairs. Like uh uh, because th- th- this is actually a really grippy carpet here, and so that he started learning running around here, but then he runs around upstairs in the living room. <laughs> yeah, and he he'll like just slide around the corner and slam into the wall. <laughs> Wipe <so> out. Funny. <laughs> uh, when it comes to my workbench, I have a bit. You know, I have a lot of models that I'm stripping that were like models from a very long time ago. Um, hey Alex, um, you want you want to split the Indominus box? You want to split? No, I was going to split it with him. No, I'm going to Alex, split. you want to split? Hey Alex, you want to split? But I'm keeping the Necron half. He can have the space. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. No, seriously. <laughs> my, my favorite was, I, I've seen a lot of them. One of them was uh, the... South Park episode when there are a lot of homeless people there and Stan is like downtown and a lot of people are asking for change and he feels surrounded by a bunch of people who are asking for spare change. But people just kept on putting like different split, tiles. But it's like, split, what a split, split, what a split, what a split. And it's like Necron player. Because <laughs> everyone wants those damn sexy primaries. Yeah, I, I do have three, three splits going on right now. Uh, and then... I am not a fan of some of the models that are coming out. So I have already been looking into making my own since I have so many bits and I have too many Necrons at this point. Basically have, I have enough to have multiple units of every unit in the range except for the Obelisk, the Tesseract arc. Uh, that's it. I mean, I have three pylons. So, you know, oh, and I only have one Sereptech heavy construct. But besides that, I basically have multiples of every unit, which is a little probably more than Necrons that I need. But I have enough bits where I'm not a big fan of the Plasma Site model, the model that's the Kineptech model that's going to come with those new three-legged destroyers. Oh, so right. I've been thinking about making my own. So I've been looking a little bit of that on my workbench. No, well, I have Age of Sigmar stuff on my workbench, but for a very different reason too. Because I have, I actually am stripping some models because I did a test run of maybe a new dynasty for my Necrons. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in terms of colors. I need to strip some of these minis because I tried priming over things that I knew I had lightly painted over, but it didn't end up working out as well as I, I wanted. And that was primarily because I did already, you know, it's basically starting over from a model that's already painted rather than, you know, one that's unpainted. So I already know for a fact that I could just start all new. And I have sprue for Immortals, Praetorians, and uh, death marks and and lich guard here that haven't been built yet, but I want to just kind of strip a model and then try it on that one first before I actually start building anything. And what I did was I was testing out some schemes, and 
I'm gonna, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted. Oh yeah, there you go. There's Carl Payne stuff. See, I'm gonna be painting all my own stuff, so it's not gonna be the same. But you know, I have my my Bone Reapers, which, ooh, it is auto adjusting. That is awesome. Hold on, hold on. What we're gonna do? Hide yourself. You gotta put your hand behind the model. No, 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 no. I have a way of doing this. I have an autofocus function. Yeah, but it's not the autofocus. It's a problem. It's the virtual right. background. There you go. Ah. Put your hand behind it. I swear to God, it's gonna okay. Work. Yeah, yeah. You're Stop. killing us, Alex. You're killing us. <laughs> the problem is that your automatic background replacement recognizes the face on the yeah. model too. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this is it. Um, just turn off the background. For like just clean second. your room so you can show us the model. <laughs> no. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there we go. Ooh, so, nice. You know, that's the scheme for my uh, Bone Reapers. And then, uh, I don't care if this focuses because this is not going to be the best. So I actually was like, why don't I just steal the idea for my Necrons? And come on, man, focus on, focus. Oh my God, this is not working out. <laughs> yeah, it's not working out. I'm not going to worry for, about it. But you get the idea. You get the idea that I'm testing out basically a metallic version of yeah. my Bone Reaper army. So uh, that is something that's basically been consuming most of my time lately is to kind of figure out how I can make equivalents because, you know, I'm not going to have the brown, you know, petrified bone that I had in my Bone Reaper army, but I now I'm going to have metallic joints. And then how do I put my paints in a way where they can easily be a mixture of paint and metallic with the exact color that I want, rather than say going to Vallejo and getting the color shift paints or anything like that. And I'm also not doing a lot of airbrush right now, but I realize I'm actually gonna go over to uh, a friend of mine's on Friday and I'm gonna, my, my airbrush is 10 years old and it's just seen better days. So I'm just gonna go to his house. I have the proper paint that I need and I'm going to prime it the way I need, base coat it with a very high silver, which Games Workshop doesn't have, you know, a, a high, a bright silver spray for primer. They only have the lead belcher, which is a little bit more of a gunmetal. So I'm going to be essentially priming it black or, or, or you know, gracier or even uh, lead belcher, then hitting it with a base coat of the, you know, this brighter silvery color. I actually think... <laughs> have it with me right now it is uh it, it is vallejo but it's uh, i think it's alcohol based it is a uh, liquid one i unfortunately have paint over the label so i can't fully read it but it's definitely vallejo and it's a really really nice paint and I, i'm gonna and it works really well with an airbrush so i'm gonna be hitting it with that because i have tested on several scarabs as well to see how everything from uh paint that's been watered down with medium works uh, glazes from Games Workshop, P3 inks, uh, contrast paints, and then paints that are not contrast, like layer paints with contrast medium added to them or regular medium added to them to really see what looks best over a silver backdrop. Because I, you guys might know, John certainly knows that like with my old Necrons, which are white and blue, I was very much against using any metallic ever. So like the joints were black with a highlight and then uh, the purple, was a certain like made in a certain way and honestly i was adding more steps than i needed to and i wasn't yet as advanced in the hobby 
as I am now. So I'm making my life easier, but also I'm doing it better than I did before. So that's the long story short. So I'm excited to that's try. Interesting. That, that, that brought an interesting thought to mind. I mean, <clears throat> your skills have improved, but your skills have improved because of doing all that work. And I wonder in this modern world of contrast paints, if there are sort of newer hobbyists that are not being pushed or forced to develop those skills because of the, uh, the ease of the tools that they have well, to them now. Maybe. So I'll, I'll, I'll say, um, yes, that is true because I am not improving uh, because I don't put in the effort. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of have just like a baseline that is good enough, but I think people who want, but I think there is a stark difference between like my quality is not ever going to achieve what like you or Alex or Jer even Jeremy can do. Like any of you guys, I'll never reach your quality. I mean, like Jeremy doesn't always paint all his own stuff, and it's, it's like you guys, you That's guys are well above my painting quality, and I'll never reach that unless I put in the effort. And I think there's still going to be um, a uh, a like paint classes are still going to be a thing because like contrast is a great for getting people oh, of course. Yeah, baseline yeah. armies, but like they're still never going to let you get to that level that you guys have through all of that through putting in all the effort of learning the techniques and going through all the trouble and so i i yes but no because people who want to have that next level will then put in the effort yeah but the nice that's thing a, about contrast is yeah but the nice thing about contrast is there's no longer this major gap where it's like mm -hmm. people like me who don't want to put in the effort i can still get a, an army on the table that everyone can at least appreciate looking at and it's not like that's shit yeah. um and so you don't have that you don't have that massive gap anymore you have this like people like me who like to play the games like i want to have painted models but i don't want to put in the effort because i don't find as much enjoyment out of painting as you guys do mm -hmm. contrast gives me that ability to have something that looks good on the game now yeah. i gotta say i gotta say with that you know with my obr army it, it's a perfect example actually with my night hunt army it's a perfect example because my, my night hunt army was initially used I initially used a lot of the technical uh, paints and then I repainted them and used a lot of the contrast with some mixtures of other paints here and there. But then when I started to paint Lady O, I wasn't really happy with the effects of contrast paint and how it worked out. And so uh, I started making changes in that. So it was like contrast is convenient in some instances, but then what helped me as a hobbyist was I was using contrast like almost too much. And then I went, oh, I don't like this. How do I how do I figure out how to fix yeah, this? Oh, exactly. I have to do this, this, and this and go through these extra steps. And then I became proficient in them. So with like uh, my OBR, for instance, the it's almost like contrast is a base coat for me. And then I started adding a bunch on. So it was like, you know, the burgundy is multiple layers of, it's, it's like my burgundy, for example, is two thin layers of the uh, Velopus pink contrast then a wash of ducci violet then i have screamer pink layer on that then i have a highlight of a highlight of warp fiend gray so like you know that's not anything that's like it's not like one coat of contrast and then you let it go right and then even then like i'm actually not a big fan of weapons being utilized like my nadrite no my, my um nadrite great blades or not Nadrite, my Spirit Great Blades or whatever on my Mortec, those are actually done with contrast, whereas my Nadrite Blades are done through the same process, like Games Workshop standard process on like how they used to make Blackstone on a monolith, for a Necro monolith prior to this new Blackstone stuff that's been coming out. And 
and I really like the way my Nadrite blades are, but I hate the way that my spirit blades are because I use just contrast and a highlight of like nihilic oxide. So I was like, oh, like how do I make this better? And so I, I gotta say like contrast is great because it does help people who are much more like beginner or novice level hobbyists start to figure out, oh, well, like, like I never went to a class, you know, and I, my airbrush is kaput. So it makes me learn non airbrushed uh, ways of painting and proper ways to use a brush and take care of a brush and all these other rudimentary stuff. And then you just get better from there, you know, but uh, that is what's on my workbench. Long story short, uh, outside of that, I think Jeremy and I might be gaming. I'm not completely sure. Uh, I, you know, I miss the guy. <laughs> It'd be good to get a game in sometime and, you know, maybe play OBR, maybe play Nighthawk. Bronson's got my Nighthawk. I don't know. And then we, we do have some things going on here. You know, I'm drinking like a LaCroix and a nice coffee because we are doing a little bit of a health kick. Um, you know, I didn't gain a lot of weight on COVID, but I think a lot of us gained some kind of weight here and there. So I'm trying to get rid of a little bit of the stuff in the primary one. Owen oh, three, Owen oh, three, Owen oh, three. Oh, uh, I picked up thirty pounds since COVID. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm ready. Oh, to, well, I'm ready I'm sorry. to gym. Uh, oh, in all honesty, by the way, by the way, our county is reopening on the nineteenth. I know, and I don't think I'm going to go to the gym yet. Like, that that's all reopening or just no? Gym? It's phase nope. one. Phase one reopening. Mm. You should not be, uh, but we'll see. I was going to yeah. ask, uh, uh, aren't you coming to Bend for? The ninth edition Wallapalooza. I was never invited. <laughs> I'm sure I was. You know, actually, don't quote me. I may, I may not. I may have been invited, but is this I, like that scene from Barks and Rec where you have a spam folder for Ben stuff, and so you just never realize you're invited? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have disagreements politically, so I put them in my spam filter. <laughs> if I if I had the accuracy and the skill, I would throw something at you from here. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Well, that's why you got to work uh, out that arm now. So, you know, yeah, once the right. gym's back up and running. Yeah, so we're trying to get our, our poop in a group, our, our shit back together. Because, I, I mean, I think I gained eight pounds, but, you know, I guarantee I lost, like, muscle mass and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, time to time to kick it in the gear. So I'm actually not going to be drinking for a while. So that's, uh, that's going to be fun. But, uh, you know, of course, we're not here to talk about, you know, floors and weight and all this stuff. We're here to talk about Lumineth. So, you know, we, of course, have been given a lot of information about Lumineth the last few, you know, months, you know, since we, LVO. Personally, we have given. Yeah. No one no, has. No, no, no. No, no, no one no. has. <laughs> For the record, if there's people who would like to give us that information, we would love to. <laughs> yeah. We would love to accept it in any form. You know, we'll, we'll turn it down. find I what? promise I'll be nice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So we've obviously been given a lot of information about Lumineth. We already know what their endless spells do. We know some very basics. And of course, we know most of the units that are gonna come out. I'm sure that there's maybe one or two sneak, or we know for a fact, there's at least one that we have no idea what the name is yet. It's that, uh, or actually maybe we do that caster, uh, the, the one with like the mirror pool. The water caster. The water caster person. Yeah, yeah see, we, we, we know so much about him. But, you know, of course- <laughs> the, the water bender. The waterbender, there you go. That would actually be a really cool theme because part of the fluff of Lumineth now is that they're a kind of segmented, disjointed society, but it's all, of course, one thing. You know, they're all basically high elves with some battle cattle allies. And, you know, the 
articles that have been coming out this week and last week, they really show off a lot of the extra story. And, you know, I actually am very shocked that they really, they're not shying away from the fact that these are basically AOS high elves. I thought that they were for maybe copyright reasons or for some other reasons, really trying to like do what they did with Idnet or do what they did with Fire Slayers and, or even Cities of Sigmar and really try to not talk about the old world and really try to focus on, you know, this new stuff. And I mean, in this latest article this week on how to play Lumineth, they straight up say, this is our, this is our equivalent to Always Strikes First because these are high elves. You know, like they make every intention to tell you this is AOS high elves, which is fine. I'm totally okay with that. I just think it's funny that you can use high elf models. I mean, people been... have been begging for high elves since Age of Sigmar dropped. Yeah, no, so I get it. Th 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 this is them finally going like, okay, guys, you've been asking for years. Here you go. Here you go. Eat it up. And, and honestly, I am kind of surprised at how they're going to end up playing. Like, if you told me at LVO, when they started previewing, you know, Techless, if you told me that they were going to have an Always Strikes First mechanic and basically steal mechanics from other armies, like OBR they, they don't have Always Strike First. What? They don't. They don't no, have they, strike first. They, they get to. They get to. They have a double strike mechanic. mechanic. They have. They have. And I, I quote the spiritual successor to always strike first. Oh yeah. The, God. God no no. They it's a double strike attack. That is a word for word <laughs> quote on the Games Workshop website. So, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot here. And the first thing that I want to bring up is going to be the first thing that they list, of course, and that's going to be that Aether Quartz Reserve, which that's is Aether Gold. No. Yes, yeah, I think no, that's what Aether Quartz. Is it Aether Gold? I think is that's that what, what it is. is. Pretty sure it's so, Aether Gold. Yeah, I think it's it, Aether Gold. It, it's it's Aether Quartz. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I mean, right. It's, so it's so you know, sad because the rule on that is like verbatim the kill. It is. Right? It says, is it? You can use it once per phase, and after you use wait, it, you lose a bravery. Like, wait, what have I heard can that someone before? put? A screenshot of the Caradon. Yeah, Overlord I got, I got, because yeah, I, yeah. I will read the Lumineth one word for word right now. Let's double check to see if it's the exact same word verbiage. Oh, that would wow. actually be hilarious. But, I mean, but it does be, a different. It would be smarter. The, the way it affects the models might be the same, but what you do with it is different. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's different when you get it, but the penalty is the same. Oh yeah, right, yeah. So it's, it says yeah. for each Lumineth Realm Lord army, or uh, each unit in a Lumineth Realm Lord army starts the battle with one Aether Quartz reserve. Okay, so it's already phase, better than Aether you can Gold. say one unit will use their Aether Quartz reserve to use one of the following Aether Quartz reserve abilities. However, if you do so, subtract one from the unit's bravery characteristic for the rest of the battle. And they only really gave us one ability that you can use for that, which is heightened senses, which is uh, an ability that you pick when you shoot or you fight. And if you do so, you can reroll ones made for that unit. Uh, you know, they also have that lightning reaction, but I don't know if that's fully, if that actually is going to be something you can use Aether Quartz on. It sounds like that's an ability that might be used elsewhere or like a Yeah, I thought, I thought lightning reaction was just something the whole army I from so so it's directly guys, under this. You guys, thing. Reading, you, you guys don't understand how lightning reaction works, right? I understand it's how the, it is. No, with the Lumineth mechanic, it's four units swinging at the same time. Remember, so Lumineth have the spiritual successor of always strike first. Okay, is, well, no, 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 no. If you go back to it, it's 
each time a Luminif unit activates and swings, you can immediately activate another Luminif unit. Oh my god. So lightning reaction is you activate two units simultaneously after both those units have finished activating. Based on what I understand, you can activate two more units based on the Luminif like mechanic. Yeah, but based on based on your logic there, that means that actually the whole army gets to swing first because then it just splits off and splits no, no. off. And splits it's not off. about swinging well, how first. How does it stop at four? It's not about swinging first. It's when your first activation starts, you can choose a lightning reaction to activate two units yes, immediately. And then the the ability, the, the generic Illuminif ability is that anytime a unit oh. activates, you can activate another okay. unit. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. So he's I saying lightning reaction. Lightning yes. reaction is um, an ether quartz ability. Yeah, it's an either quartz ability. Yeah, right? unless you activate two at once, and then each of those can then activate another two, another one. Which I don't understand how that works, because an either quartz is associated to one unit. So do you spend an either quartz on both Depends. units? Remember, just no, I, it doesn't say that ether quartz is required for the lightning reactions. I'm looking at the, the web page here, and there's a, a meanwhile. I think that is a, a different function. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a different function. I, I agree. I think it's a different function. But the thing is, it, it doesn't give us full confirmation until we have the book in hand. So I can see yeah. the confusion. But I agree with John, the verbiage of that paragraph seems as though it's different. But it doesn't outright say, hey, and this is something that's totally different. Here you go. Uh, that being said, if it, if it does end up being something that is Aether Quartz, you know, uh, not going top to bottom, of course, from the preview here, you know, there are a lot of, it seems like there's going to be ways to get extra Aether Quartz. Almost like, uh, you know, abilities with, you know, OBR and getting more command points through the use of a spell or, so may there, maybe there's going to be a spell or some other way. I, I know what it is, actually. I, I'm thinking about it. So you, you got to kind of picture the whole army and Aether Quartz being a mineral. You're going to mine a mineral uh, but there's a big cow theme, so I'm bigger. I'm picturing you the you have to come up to the big cow mountain um, creature well, and milk its crystal udders. Oh yeah, get more ether quartz. So there's probably a, a role to see whether you're successful with milking the crystal udders on the cow mountain. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Well, and actually, in terms of the fluff too, they're really trying to give you a, a wide range of ways to play, and they outright tell you that there's like a you know, in terms of both gameplay and in terms of like fluff for Lumineth, they have a very heavy uh, cast system and like their continent is divided into like nine separate parts. So like they talk about how each group is like completely different, but the only thing that they have similar is like that they're high elves, um, basically, you know, whatever they're gonna be called now. And yeah, it's it's really interesting to me that there how are- How big an army do you think we're looking at with these guys? So before I get there, I actually wanna mention something about the Aether course because there's ways to really get more bang for your buck. I mean, they have the, you know, the, the tribe or the group called Ethala, uh, like Elathia, or I don't know, Elven names, yeah. real weird. Good luck. And basically they have a command ability that says when you use the uh, command ability, you can use this command ability in the shooting phase, the combat phase. If you do, you can pick, you know, two units in your army to reroll hits, hit rolls of one. 
Um, and that's pretty helpful. You know, you can do these things where you can uh, use multiple abilities for multiple uh, units. And then even then, the other kind of sub-faction they recommended or, or, or showed us, revealed to us, uh, was one that's called Sire. And just their starting ability is that every unit in the battlefield comes with two Aether Court Reserves instead of one. So wow. that's going to give a lot of... And I don't think they're going to really KO. give a shit about... Poor, all i got to say is poor KO here. Where you need a unit of ten or no, more care. to get your ether gold. I don't care. And Kale like, can, can shove it. Like you know, like, yeah, we're just gonna pass out ether course like candy. Well, you know, ether gold. Yeah, you gotta be a high tier person to get some ether gold. That five man unit of uh cavalry, they get some ether courts. But uh Well, I mean, you gotta look at it like no, it, it's like quartz versus gold. Again, everybody has quartz laying around. I go back in my backyard, I'll find some quartz. Not gonna find any gold back there. Fair. Yeah, but the problem That's is fair. either quartz are processed from the tiers of techless. Oh, is it tiers well, of techless everywhere? Not, not milking the, uh, the udders of the mountain cow. <laughs> wait, you took me for serious? No. Dude, I, I cannot wait to see the rules. I because ether quartz is handed out like candy. I cannot wait to see the rules for the attack yak. Uh, it's, the it's attack yak. Well, you did see some of them in the, in the preview because it's an Alarif unit. So any Alarif mechanic or functions on the rock... Uh, the bovine creatures, as they describe them. Yeah. Well, tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Alarif units can choose to assume a rock stance, a mountain stance, because that's where they're from, the mountains. Mm -hmm. They're the hillbillies of uh, eliminative. <laughs> um, if you do so until the next, until your next hero phase, if the weapon used for an attack that targets an Alarif unit, in the mountain stance is a rend characteristic of negative one, change the rend characteristic to negative zero uh, dash, which is mind-boggling because it doesn't say there's any negatives. Like it just says at the start of the hero phase or before the battle starts, you can be in mountain stance. Which this, sound, this sounds a lot like the old swooping rules from. Uh, I say that too. Why not just make it an, an always thing if there's no <laughs> negative? Well, because if you don't go first, you don't get it. No, it says before the before the first battle round begins, oh. and at the start of any of your hero phase. So I'm just there must be a negative because I don't get why they would just write it. Might be multiple. Ones. You got to remember that this is a preview, so maybe there's like an aggressive stance too, and you got to like declare. Oh, maybe they, there's a trade-off. Like you can have like an additional plus one rand on your weapons instead. I don't know. There's but the the really cool mechanic is the uh, Alarif units can, uh, and this is where the game is gonna get. You know, like Age of Sigma. I completely agree. Pretty quick game. That rule is going to slow oh. down the game drastically. Who wants to share it? So we're talking about tectonic force, uh, uh -huh. and that is so any Alaric yeah. unit gets this at the end of each combat phase. You can pick one enemy unit within one inch of each friendly Alaric unit. You cannot pick the same unit, enemy unit more than once in the same phase. After you pick each unit. Your opponent must move that unit two inches, and that unit must finish that move more than one inch from any Alarif unit from your army, if it is possible to do so. Once those enemy units have been forced to move any friendly Alarif units, the are within three inches of any enemy units can make a one-inch pilot move, which is basically, remember like 300 or like any like Hoplite movies where they do like the shield wall push? That's basically what that is. Uh, like, I love it. I, I love it from a lore standpoint. That sounds awesome, the, the, the 300 sheet wall push. But um, 
Yeah, moving exactly two inches. Cool. That's going to be fun to measure. Exactly two inch movement. Um, no more, no less. <laughs> no more, no less. And you have to make sure you stay exactly over at least an inch away. So it's like more than okay, one inch away. On more a way, it's, it's nice when you got two characters, but you got a big block of 30 against a block of 30. I just don't understand it because like mathematically it's impossible to move two inches and be more than one inch away. It's mathematically impossible. So we'll just assume it's one inch no, away. If you, move, if, if, you're, if you move two inches, you're two inches away. You're correct. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, Jeremy? If you move two inches, you're two inches away. I, it's really easy to be more than like, one inch I was, away. Yeah, I was like, I don't know where we're coming from. I was like, this that one. doesn't work. Uh, yeah. I, I say is when I first read this rule, um, immediately I said to myself, how can I game this rule? Oh like, my what, God, right. What can I do to jank this rule up? How can I take advantage of it? And to me, that's the problem with this rule. If, if you know, a nice, polite, innocent player like myself uh, would instantly want to do something devious with a rule like that, you can imagine can imagine how somebody like our good friend James or somebody get a hold of that. Oh my gosh. Let alone uh, Jeremy, you know, uh, do something truly vile with a rule like that once they allow it to uh, churn in their devious little minds. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I I think that's, I think you guys uh, elicited or already stated some of the problems, uh, sort of the, the mechanical challenges of this rule. And I don't think it takes a lot of imagination to see that this is a rule that's gonna cause a little bit of a a little bit of a tension between the players when you there's you yeah. know and it's going to be about when do you do it and how often are you doing it <laughs> it just reminds me of back when the FAQ came out for a second edition where if you had like two models exactly the same distance away from a, a unit like they're like two inches away you couldn't pile in and so if you're like there, there, there's this whole threads online about making a unit not be allowed to pile in because they are exactly triangulated away from like three different units or something. And I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. This feels exactly the same. Like you could well, just like fuck with a unit. There's a, like, there's a couple of things here that, you know, of course these are previews, right? So there are some things that we're not privy to yet. When it comes to this ability, I think that it's really good and, you know, because I'm not going to start a Lumineth army, when I first read this rule, I immediately thought the exact opposite of John. Instead of how can I game it, I, could, I was thinking, how can I fuck with my opponent who's going to use this on me? Or how can I prevent them from taking full advantage of this? And with my OBR army, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder to do so. But with other armies, especially armies that have a lot of flying units, uh, night haunt, um, very killy units that are... Uh, based around the fly keyword on any faction, you know, things that can charge over models or pile in over models or, you know, do things like that where they don't really, as long as they're an inch away, or as long as they're still within that one inch coherency of each other can still be around in certain angles. Oh, I, can see, I see what you're saying, Alex. Yeah, when you get the units mixed, huh? Exactly. So oh, when you start, when yeah. you, when, if, if, say, I had a unit of chain rafts, and this guy, and there was a person with a Luminath unit, and, you know, they all have 32-inch bases, and I can fit, like, one 25-mil base right in there in base contact with, like, three of them, and then everyone else is just up on the front, and as long as he's in coherency, cool. I got to move two inches away. Oh, shoot. I can't actually move that model and not be with outside of an inch. No, 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 no. That's Guess not we're not doing it. Works. 
That's not how that one works. They actually they actually wrote it specifically for that bullshit. How? How? Okay. Tell me how that doesn't work. Your opponent yeah. must move that unit two inches, and that unit must move inch from them, that move more than one inch from any Alaric unit from your army if it is possible for it to do so. If it can't end with one inch, you still have to move two inches. Mm. So and, and break it, coherency. No, 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 no. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope this is epic. Like, I, I can see both your arguments, but, like... like let's, let's give you... I'll give you a context. You're breaking, you're breaking the surround, game with this rule, sir. Let, let's say I surround Nagash with an Alaric unit, and I use this rule. <laughs> yeah. He, he can't, can't move. move, too. Yeah, he can't move, so he's not moving. Right, but that's the same thing with your chain rats. No, I think so. In Alex's point, he's saying I'm unable to move this one guy outside of one inch. So but nobody wasn't. If he was in coherency at the beginning and he can't move, then the rest of the unit has to maintain coherency while trying to move two inches. You don't. No, it, it doesn't say. There's nothing here that says you have to maintain coherency. No, well, just, anytime you, you move, you have to maintain. Have to be, anytime you move, you absolutely have to maintain coherency. Uh, but is this a move? Coherency. Yes, it, 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 it says, says move more. Does it say move two inches? It, the, it says yeah. move. Must it says move. move that unit. No, hey, they must says, move the unit. But is that move. a move? Yes, no, it, it has the word move in it, John. No, no, no. Oh no. my god! No, this is this is really annoying. But he's right. So the he's verbiage, right. The verbiage says unit. It is not a normal model, move, but it is a move. If one model in a unit can move two inches, but one of them can't. You fulfilled the requirement as long as that one model did. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is yeah. going to be – this book is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm not – yeah. That's yeah. one rule. Man, okay, so outside of talking about this, which we, it sounds like we could do a whole episode talking about this one rule, it's also important to note that this is a specific keyword. And I don't think every unit in the Army is going to have this keyword, nor do I no, think – It's, it's the move people. They, they actually give you a list. This is going to be battle cattle. This is going to be horny hat guys and like that horny special guy on a rock. You know no, what I mean? Is that what we're calling them? Horny hat guys? That was my name on the fly. We can, we can call them whatever. We oh, want. I'm but so in. I want the army more now. There you go. Chef calls them the hammer wielding chaps. I'll be there honest. The horny hat guy sounds better. I like horny hat guys. Horny hat guys. I, 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 I'm going to take that. For sure, oh, Lord. But of course, that's that's just one of you know many different things we're starting to learn here. You guys, um, I, I I of course read through this, and when I read through this, I I didn't I only read through it once this morning, you know, pre coffee, because these articles come out around the same time I start my day. So I had missed something that was pretty big, you know, and it's kind of at the end of the article and you guys made me aware of it in the middle of the day today, but we mentioned it right before recording as well. So I think you guys know what I'm talking about here. And what the, it's a wizard army. No, I don't You're know. You're a wizard, Harry. Can, we, can yeah. we just, can we just have a drum roll? Yeah. You're yeah. a wizard, Harry. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett just mentioned <laughs> that. So apparently the army is going to be a whole army of wizards, which is a little wild. Your spears, your bows, your wizards, like your your cow people, they're all wizards. Everyone's a wizard. You're all like, oh my god. Yes. They all can unbind. I think they mentioned all of them can unbind. All of them can cast. Like, yep. Yeah. It says in case you've been you've not been keeping up, that pikemen, horsemen, 
and bowmen can cast magic. Each can unbind enemy spells and use the power of Ish, a spell that boosts their sense, excellent sun metal weapons, and make them frankly terrifying against armor foes. Yeah, oh yeah, we forgot about the, uh, the, the fun weapons rule, Alex, the, the new Nadrite weapons, where the spearman has six, sixes to hit mortal wounds. Woo! Can you can you? Yeah, those magical weapons are like a real fucking. Uh, I don't have it up on here. I just going off memory. It's uh, uh the, the example they gave is from the 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 pikeman war scroll, but it's really clearly apparent that like there will be many sun metal weapons. Uh, sun metal weapons is uh, if it's it's like the uh, it's like a version of the herb guard berserker mechanic where if they roll an unmodified six to hit, they inflict one mortal wound. Except theirs is that that ends the attack sequence. And then uh, the Power of Ish spell, which apparently every unit can cast, and you can cast as many times as you want, including match play rules, uh, is you convert that six unmodified to a five up and modified, which for me is on a cast value of six, I should say. So it's like, it's not a five. If it was a cast value of five, so it's like, whoo, that is me like boss protection. <laughs> uh, cast value six, like, there's still a chance it's not going to go up. But the fact you can cast it as many times as you want, and each unit is a wizard. It's like it's probably going to be on the unit that matters the most. Like, oh, I felt on terrain, that one. on terrain tables. You're going to be really hoping that you get table two, and you're going to be hoping that you get six a lot. I just, I don't, I don't understand the design of <laughs> releasing three battle tomes this year or four battle tomes, three of it which are it's magic focus, magic, magic focus, not magic, magic at all, and then magic again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who's the you know what those goal? demon fire riffs? They're gonna be fucking everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, Zinchers already in a very strong spot. Yeah. Now they're just like, oh, a whole army of wizards. You say, hmm. It's like uh, that in yeah. cities of Sigmar players that have phoenixes. They're just so like, think, oh. Do you think the elves will be able to counter Zinch, or they're just gonna get gobbled up by Zinch? Gobbled up. Gobbled up. Yeah, gobbled I don't know. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're gonna be like, no matter how. I mean. This is going to be a big shift in the meta, right? If if every arm, if every unit has a sun weapon, and this is an ability that everyone can use, that's going to be wild. They're going to have better than Nadrite Nadrite blades, or better than Demonet Demonet claws, whatever, right? It's far superior in every way possible because it's on a six up or a five up, and it's a straight mortal wound. It's not like an extra hit roll or whatever. So it's it's wonderful, and yeah, I fully expect if this is the case, that they will still have the ability to unbind. So they can unbind a demon rift, but that demon rift is going to gobble up a whole army. Because especially in the other, in the other faction, the one that's not battle cattle based, the one that's more, uh, you know, the Alarith uh, faction or, or keyword for units, that one where if everyone's within an inch of each other, or, or if at least, oh, if at least two, one model has two other models uh, touching it base to base. If every model unit, has... Yeah. Yeah. Then you get minus one. Uh, your opponents are minus one to hit against that unit because they're like shielding up. You know, they're 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 locking in. So if they're all tightly wound together, these units, a demon rift is just gonna, it's gonna have a walk in the park. It's. it's I mean, we'll see what Techless is like. I bet you Techless has the ability to just unbind shit willy nilly. Yeah, he can just uh, auto unbind four spells every turn. Yeah. Oh, that um, sounds about right. So, so here's oh, a question okay. for everyone, but mainly for Jeremy. <laughs> Does that mean that I shouldn't sell my last Demons of Zinch Start collecting box? You should probably wait until people actually want to, you know, play the game again. Or can't. Yeah. Play. <laughs> can't. 
Oh, of course, uh, of course. But but I mean, like, if if Lumineth is as wild as it might be, and I might just pick up pick up a demon rift. I've been telling you, you with this. demons anyway, because you need to be a better player. And the only way I think you're gonna be a better player is if you play demons as Zinch. I honestly think so. Or Zinch in general. Okay, well, first of all, ouch, ouch. We had this conversation on the podcast <laughs> literally we like did. two months ago. You're opening up old wounds. The, the, literally the only person who can tell Alex he needs to be a better player, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pinpoint one more thing about this unit. If the basic model Battleline units isn't like 120 points with five models. 140? Well, it depends how many wounds. I mean, imagine they're two wounds a pop. Oh, well, if they're two wounds a pop, that's like... I don't think Chaos Warriors are 100. Five. Five Chaos Warriors is what, 90, 100 at two wounds a pop? 90 points, I think, but it's... These, but these they, guys they are better than Chaos nearly, Warriors. They don't do nearly as much as a Chaos Warrior. I think they're going to be two wounds a pop, actually. Do you, uh, when you say two wounds a pop, are you talking about the spear guys? Like a basic elf. It's going to be two. Oh, no. I definitely don't think they're going to be two. I think they're going to be one. Look, no, I, mean, I think they're going to be two wounds Look at the models, right? The, they're on 32 mil basis. That's they're, fine. They're on 32 mil. So we're I didn't have... Yeah, I know they're on 32s. Nighthunter yeah, on 32s and all mistake. one move. <laughs> so, so I mean, they haven't had enough souls. Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to be two wins a pop, and they're going to be like a 120, 140 range for five months. So they're like a head bigger than these plague monks in one image, and then they're a head shorter than Chaos Warriors in the next image. I really it's think it's not about they're... the model size. It's just the mechanic of the army is supposed to be an elite army. That's how they play. Elite armies usually have models of two wounds. That's like the core component. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think that the battle cattle, because of how armored they look, are going to be two wounds or maybe even three. But I am going to be shocked if the standard infantry are going to be two wounds. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so either. I, again, I keep looking at Ideneth. There's a nice elite elf army. Um, I think that we can draw a lot from point levels and other things when we look at Ideneth. Yeah, but the elite Ideneth are four wounds a pop. Well, those are cavalry, though. Yeah, but cavalry usually adds one wound. No, no they usually have two. No, 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 not even oh, that. Well, then what that makes skull crushers. <laughs> skull crushers. What about all the um, every single? Skull You're looking cast? at heavy cav there. No, normal, normal, uh, like one wound cavalry. Cavalry adds one wound. Well, an eel is obviously a heavy cav. Look how long. Yeah, exactly. Is. An eel is heavy cav, and it's still a four wound model, John. <laughs> it adds. It's three just wounds. like a blood crusher. Well, to be fair, uh, a skull crusher adds three wounds. So go from two wounds. I don't know. Like I, I, I would be shocked if there were only one wound a pop. I would be incredibly shocked if there were only one wound a pop. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, like their cavalry. Elves. If cavalry come in three wound, three model units, the cavalry usually add three wounds. So you also got to think about the troops, right? You're you're talking about an army of essentially high elves, like high fantasy elves. In what world are they like hardy and resilient and can take a bunch uh, of damage? The Tolkien books. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where they come from? <laughs> okay, okay. okay. let me rephrase it. In, in, in things, in, in, in stories, products, and rules that Games Workshop Limited has, has created, uh, have elves ever stuff. been hardy and tough as nails? No. They've been hit hard, hit fast, maybe can't take a hit as well. Yeah, I, don't think I don't think they're going to be a glass hammer. That's Ideneth. 
But yeah. like, I mean, well, if you're looking at some of the leaked stuff from a white dwarf, um, they have the 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 Ilarid Stone Guard are going to have three plus saves, ignoring rend one and two, and probably some rerolls in there. And blocks of thirty, probably max. I well, would say. You can use your Aether Gold for rerolls. So yeah, there you go. I I can't see them like all those mechanics you just described in the current meta environment does fucking jack shit if you don't ignore mortal wounds. Yeah, like it doesn't like I don't care how many Ren fucking modifiers you ignore and how many reroll saves you have. If you don't have a mechanic that ignores mortal wounds, yeah, these one give a shit. extra wounds. That shit isn't gonna like do you much. <laughs> Zinch and Seraphon and and Luminif and Luminif and Luminif. Our matchup is like absolutely fucking brutal. <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, I guess we'll know pretty soon. I mean, according to the the website, the pre-order comes out this weekend. So a um, couple days, really. We'll see them on the yeah. uh, New Zealand website on Friday at like 4 p.m., right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So we're going to find out a little bit more. Any final thoughts, everyone, about uh, about Luminith? Uh, I, I'm planning on picking up the uh, collector set or whatever it is that's coming out. Yeah, uh, I think it's worth too. checking into. Um, ultimately, really this is... really good value. Uh, I, I myself... Um, I'm not looking forward to painting an elf what? army. I, I have my last elf army that's still half painted. So I am actually considering breaking down and uh, having somebody commission paint this army for me. So I got to find myself an appropriate artist and then uh, start the Carl discussion Kane. of them, whether uh, <laughs> we want uh, me to build them for them or they want to do the building. It seems like you're keeping Carl pretty busy. And and I, I, I know that Carl is an amazing artist. I don't necessarily want to pay for an amazing artist. I want to pay for an okay artist. That's like, that's like earlier this week when I asked Israel for some painting whoever advice. Whoever he picks, he doesn't mean it. <laughs> it's like when I asked whoever Israel John for painting picks, advice, he and, he was like, okay and he was like, well, first of all, you need two separate airbrushes for two separate jobs. And then you need this, this, this. And I'm like, no, Izzy. <laughs> I hope Izzy listens to this podcast and that John asks Izzy if he wants to. <laughs> oh, if he listens to this podcast, which I know he doesn't, he's going to be like, why didn't John ask me? <laughs> I, I, I didn't even choose to say anything. When, when he told you that you should get a SOTAR 2020 and it was the most reliable airbrush ever, I... I Checked out? I'm, I'm done arguing with people. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, I will say the SOTAR 2020 is a, an amazing detail brush. I've painted uh, individual teeth on uh, a miniature. I've painted uh, highlights on the tongue in the mouth of a miniature. It, the Sotar is incredible how small a spot. But reliable? Easy? No. <laughs> it's taken me years to get to where I can use that damn brush reliably. And in no small part, it was taking classes with Caleb uh, where he focused on that brush that actually uh, turned it from yeah. a nightmare into a usable tool for me. It was my first airbrush. That was a mistake. That, yeah. That sounds like a mistake. <laughs> it wasn't my first, but it was my first modern one. My wife bought it for me. I, I'm like, I couldn't use it. I'm like, I need a, a cheaper airbrush to figure out how to airbrush with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Wow. Yeah, On the other hand, think, Alex, you were mentioning that, let's see, like, you use the Iwata Eclipse, right? This is your... Uh, yeah, that's my airbrush. There's yeah, that. see, yeah, you have the issue I had. <laughs> right. But I know how to work it. Ooh. 
I know how to use an airbrush too. It's just been a very long time since I've done No, I don't mean the airbrush. I'm not questioning whether you know how to use airbrush. I mean my background. (laughs) You're you're not stubborn enough to keep it up. There you go. Yeah. So. Fair. Love this airbrush. Great airbrush. The, the Iwata. Uh, this is an Iwata Eclipse. Uh, love this brush. Really nice action on it. Uh, nothing but good things to say about it. Okay, cool. Well, you know, I'm going to have to take a look at something. And I do, uh, I would love to see an army that you painted of Battle Cattle and High Owls. And honestly, what I think would be cool, if you choose not to do a commission paint, is I would love to see like the exact opposite, totally contrasting color scheme than your Eidmeth. So like whatever your color wheel you got for the main colors of your Eidmeth, mm. which is a mix of colors, just like go for the exact opposite set, set of colors and then just make that your luminous. Because truly they are like the the opposite end of like, like Teclis's first draft versus Teclis's second draft. So I think that that's kind of funny. And even in the artwork that they've been posting lately, like someone posted something on Twitter and I didn't even notice it. In one of the pieces of artwork with the, uh, with the Lumineth, there's, uh, there's a, a Lumineth Spearman, whatever they're called. And in the background, there's a little design or like magic flowing through it and then a little circle by its feet. And then there's like an elf looking up that's got like gray skin and bald and it looks upset, like looking up from like a portal. And I'm like, that's a deep kid. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, damn, that's dark. He's like, I don't care about these guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, GW doesn't either, I tell you. <laughs> and that's the only thing that worries me with Lumineth. And, and I don't think that's going to be the case, but I feel that um, that I've learned a little bit of a lesson with my Eidneth as well. Because when the Eidneth came out, I was super excited. I bought everything that they released, and they haven't released anything else for the army. They never will. Yeah. And they and I don't expect they ever will. And that to me is part of my dissatisfaction with them mm-hmm. is is the day they came out, I owned the entire collection. You know? Yeah. I'll never have to build another Eidneth they, model. They, I, I only have to They do feel paint. like they do feel like a lackluster faction that seems like they are like half a faction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kinda like it's kinda like Fire Slayers too. I mean, but at least Fire Slayers got like a a, a war band yeah it was one of those things where i was actually talking about like i would love to see like daughters of cain and Ideneth like merged into an elf book or something mm, see? that'll never happen but it's like that would give you a book that's like oh look here's your elves and right. so all the the missing pieces like what they like after orc war clans came out we're like that's what we want for elves all yeah, the missing what they did pieces for Skaven, they orc war well, clans. You, know, you know what they could do is they could make it a cities of sigmar equivalent but for armies that currently have books but they would it would require them to have the shadow elves come out because we already know what malarin looks like we already know that they're a thing we already know that they exist and we already know that they're actively revving them up in fluff and they have models now they don't, oh, well, they have like one model or they have that one warband. They have one warband and then one character from like the very, very start of AOS. Uh, so from from Tower, Silver Tower. Tower. And then we Anybody have an remembers. image of Malaron from the very first rule book. And then that's it. That's yeah. a lot of Malarian. Malarian, yeah. In, ter- in terms of. Are you guys arguing designs, about they fantasy almost have as many models as Fire Slayers? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I I I dive deep into fancy fantasy pronunciations while while reading that the Wheel of Time like book. Fucking worst. holy crap! Reading Wheel of Time book pronunciations. I I I hate that so much. 
You know, what, what bother, it bothers me is, um, is a lot of times I will read the same books as my friends. For example, Alex and I, both uh, fans of the Black Library. So Alex and I have read literally dozens of the same books uh, as each other. And Alex actually is rarely will pronounce anything that's like very different than how I pronounce it. But I have some other friends that also read Black Library. And so like when I'm reading, if I come across a new word, I will actually say it out loud a few times and kind of work my mouth around it and then try to say it in a way that sounds like it would flow in a language and all that. Uh, but I have other friends that you can tell never do, did that. And so you're talking with them and they go to say the name of a character or a place mm -hmm. or something. And that is just some of these, like, I, I was like, wait, what were you talking about? Malfurgion? But no, that's not even what the, that's not even the letters that were in the book. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not even the letters that, that, that were there. You added God, letters. <laughs> that's a hundred percent what I do. I, I just like scan a word and be like, eh, and I'll just move on. And then I'll try to pronounce it when I'm talking to people. I'm like, uh, you know, that one person with the M and the R's and the, you know, you know, like Moraxian. Yeah, that person, right? Right? We know wow. what we're talking about. That, that's 100% what I do. Nice. You just scan. You just like, you, you recognize patterns in the way the, the letters are arranged. We don't bother with needing to pronounce it because that slows down your reading. And so no, I like, hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and everybody I, does I that. the pattern. Yeah. You know, it's funny, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks too, and you'll notice that um, the the narrators for audiobooks will do that sometimes too. You can tell they're just they're just they're just ripping through reading, and you know that if they read the word, they would know the word, but occasionally you'll catch them do it pronouncing the letters of a word, and so you get this weird pronunciation of something in the middle of a book. And then it happened the other day, I was listening to this book, and the, the main character had a sword with a name. And then he gave that sword to his apprentice and then had a new sword. And about a chapter later, the narrator all of a sudden said the name of the old sword. And I'm like, mm, I know the author didn't do that. That was the narrator did that. That was a, yep. a Freudian slip. <laughs> yep. I hate that so much. Hate that. <laughs> uh, well, you guys, I think that we have a really good idea about how Lumineth might look. And of course, the, the book we're going to have in our hands. We really don't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we have no idea what it's going to look like. We have some initial ideas of what it's going to look like, is what I mean sure. to say. But in about two weeks, we're going to probably have the book in hand. We're probably going to be able to review it. And of course, maybe we can do a live stream or we can have an extended episode. I would love to have an initial reaction and then maybe a sleep on it and, and think about it a little bit more reaction of this battle tome. A, because we have a lot of generally some more time on our hands. But then also, you know, of course, this is a new book and this is a completely new faction. So I hope you guys do, you know, take a look at some of these future episodes. You know, of course, we're going to be expanding on this. Uh, if you guys want, please do like us on Facebook, review us on Apple Podcasts, The Wide World of Wargaming. You can find us on FLG's uh, role as well as Podbean and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are on Facebook, so shoot us a shout out or a like on there as well. This is going to be Alex, John, Jeremy, and Garrett signing off for the night. Take it easy, Bye. folks. Look for the video Bye. on YouTube. See you later. Yes, and YouTube.